And the Bible says this, that, that um, our hearts, actually our lives spring forth from our hearts. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. What does that mean? That means you've got to protect, watch over, take care of what's going on in your thinking, what's going on in your heart, what's going on in the driving force uh, of who you are. Have you ever noticed yourself or somebody else and they wanted to do one thing and you knew from talking to them they definitely wanted to do that thing but they didn't do what they wanted to do they did the exact opposite why does that happen because on the one hand they desire to go in one direction because it might be the best direction but their heart is thinking about and drawn towards that which is not good for them and so what's going on in your heart? What your thinking is? What your drive will drive your life. See, I've noticed this in ministry, that, that, that people don't do what they tell you they're going to do. They don't even do what they want to do. They do what's in them to do. They actually do what's in, it works its way out. You know, you look at somebody and you've heard them speak. I uh, dealt with a situation this week and, and somebody gave me all the right words. It convinced me completely. I convinced somebody else on their behalf. And then they went and did exactly the opposite. Why? Because that's what was in their heart. I don't believe this person was lying to me. I believe they intended doing it. But what was in their heart is what came out. So, what is it that's in your heart tonight? What is it that you think about? That you're drawn to? That you think if you could do that, 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 that would be it. You, you'd really be going places if you could do that. Because what's in your heart is what's going to come out in your life. And, and that's why, you know, we look at people and we go, how, how did that happen? Because they didn't keep their heart. Right? And because they didn't keep their heart, what was going on in their heart sprung forth in their lives and it becomes their life. So and that's for all of us. Now, we have another complication with this thing about, called the heart. And the other complication we have with this thing called the heart is, well, Jeremiah tells us that the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked above all else. Who can know it? And here's the problem. You don't always know your heart. The person I was talking to this week, I think, you know, they, they, they didn't really know... I think when they spoke to me, they were, they were planning a course, they were going to do one thing, and they were going to actually follow the right course. But then, something flipped for them. And they deceived themselves. And they did that which they didn't want to do. And <clears throat> your heart is deceitful and, and desperately wicked. Above all else, who can know it? Next verse says, I, the Lord, try the hearts. I, I'm, I'm the one that actually works out what's going on in there. Jesus tells us in Matthew 15 that, that, that sin comes forth from a heart, from the heart. That what's going on inside of us works its way out into our lives in sin. So here's the thing. If you're thinking about sin tonight, you may be thinking, hey, you know what? I can just think about it. It's not going to happen. Nobody knows what's going on in my head and nobody's going to see it. Uh, but that's not true. 
You see, it ends up coming out. It ends up coming out in your life. So, so, so here's the thing. This thing called the heart that we have, uh, this reasoning center of our being, who we actually, where we actually think and do all those things, it's, it's kind of a trouble to us. Now, to, to, to add to it further, we live in a broken world. And stuff goes wrong. Have you noticed that? That just when you've got things in order and you think, okay, going in a straight line, uh, everything is looking good, everything is feeling good, something will go wrong. Life, life will throw you a curveball. And the curveball has the potential to derail you. So what are you going to do with this thing? How are you, you going to deal with this thing called art? Let me give you, real quick, three different areas or three different things that God has put in your life to help you with your heart. You can't do it by yourself. Right? You're just not going to be able to do it by yourself. Have you noticed that when you remove yourself and you work it in on yourself, your heart can often get worse. In fact, there's a deception there. That we remove ourselves from everybody, we, we kind of we, we don't talk, we don't we don't get involved in anything, and we think I'll, I'll be okay. God's put three different things in your life to help you. He's put the Spirit of God within you to help you with your thinking and with your heart. You got to be surrendered to the Spirit of God. You got to be looking to Him. You got to be communing with Him. The, the first thing in dealing with your heart would be this straightforward and. Uh, uh, <clears throat> straight up, would be this. You've got to have a walk with God if you're going to keep your heart right in a sin-cursed world. I don't think you can do it apart from that. I think some of the trouble that we're going to talk about tonight and uh, possibly next week is going to get you if you don't have a walk with God. So not only is it that the Spirit of God indwells you because you're saved, but I think what you do, you need to, do, you need to be in communion with Him. You need to be talking to Him. Because there's a lot to say. And if you're willing to listen, he'll say a lot to you, and he'll help you a lot. And he'll help you in your heart and in your thinking. See, you and I develop patterns of thinking. We develop it from our past. We develop it from people around us. We develop patterns of thinking. And we're not even aware of our thinking being off sometimes. But you know what the Spirit of God is? And the Spirit of God can say, hey, that thinking's off. Need to pull it together. Now you have a choice when the Spirit of God says that to you. But the Spirit of God will help you. He will say, I think it's off. You're, you're going in the wrong direction. Now you shouldn't be thinking like that. And, and, and remember, if you're going to get your life right, you have to get your heart right. And the Spirit of God will help you with that. So that's the first thing. The second thing God has given us is the Word of God. The Word of God can cleanse your heart. And here's, here's what it does. What it does is, when you look at the Word of God, the Word of God gives you truth, truth that counters the way we normally think and see it. And you have a choice there. Either you put up a fight with the Word of God, in other words, you say, well, that's not real for my life. I live in the 21st century. How can you have that going on in your life? I mean, that's just ridiculous. And People do it all the time. And if you do that, you're going to be deceived and you're going to hurt yourself. But if you respond rightly to the Word of God, the Word of God's going to help you. If you get the submissive attitude, you come to the place where you're saying to God, okay, Lord, whatever you tell me in your Word, that's, I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it. That's fine. You don't have to know how you're going to do it. You don't have to have the power to it, but you have to understand you're going to do it because it's the best way. The third thing God has put in our lives is this, the people of God. 
community, people around you. Have you noticed that you get like the people around you? <coughs> Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that you know what's going on around you kind of works its way into your heart and into your life? It's because we're social beings, and and you know <coughs> what's going on in our community always has an impact on us. It always has a, a, an effect on us. Right? <coughs> and. God puts people in our lives, and there should be some people in your life that have the freedom, have the liberty, and have the integrity to say to you, that's wrong thinking. You, you need to stop thinking that way. Three safeguards God puts in for you. Now, none of the safeguards will work unless you let them. You, you, you know, listen, you, you might have an alarm on your house, and it's a great thing to have an alarm on your house because at least somebody breaks in, there's going to be a lot of noise. You're going to know they're in the house, and they're going to know, everybody knows I'm here. And you know what? Oftentimes, that's enough to have them running back out the door again. But you know what? If you don't put the alarm on, having an alarm on your house doesn't do you a blessed bit of good. And if you don't let the Spirit of God, the Word of God, and the people of God, those people that God's put in your life, speak to you, you're going to find that your heart's in turmoil and it's working its way out in your life. Now, here's the thing. If the Spirit of God, the Word of God, and the people of God are going to be allowed to speak into your life, you're going to have to get honest with yourself, aren't you? I mean, there's no stone you can hide under from the Spirit of God. None. He'll chase you down. Somebody said that he's the hound of heaven. That's a good sense, because he chases you down. He'll hear. But if you don't let him in, you can say no. He's, he's not going to force you. I mean, the best way to protect yourself from the conviction of the word of God is don't read it. Don't read it. Don't, don't, don't let it in. If you don't let it in, you know what? It's not, it's, not, it's, not going to, it's not going to make you feel bad. And if you let it in and you're doing wrong, it's going to make you feel bad. And then when it comes to the people of God, don't be around them. You know, just don't be around them, because if you're around them, they'll say things to you. Somebody's going to check you. Somebody's going to say, that's wrong. You shouldn't be doing that. And you know what? <clears throat> when you avoid those things, you, you, you can't actually get away uh, and let your heart go the way you don't want it to go. So you've got to actually lay hold upon some of these things and let them be true in your life, right? So... <clears throat> We're going to talk tonight about, uh, about the different kinds of heart. first heart that we're going to talk about is a deceitful heart. Right? And let me say this, too. Do you know that we live in a day and age when prescription drugs are a major issue right across the board? In fact, in the U.S., they're having an epidemic of people dying from using prescription drugs. Now, why are people using prescription drugs? They're using them to medicate not their physical ills. You know, it's amazing. You can take heroin and apply it to pain. If you apply it in the right dose, somebody will feel the pain eased, but they won't feel any buzz. You know, morphine will, is a great painkiller for somebody uh, who's got great pain. But when you don't apply it to pain, but you apply it to your life, it just gives you this woozy, feel-good feeling. You know what it's doing? People are medicating not their bodies with prescription drugs. They're medicating their hearts. They're trying to make themselves feel better. 
They're trying to make them feel... And we, we are... <clears throat> somebody called us an aspirin age. If you go into the doctor and tell the doctor you're feeling bad and, you know, you feel... You know, you just can't wait to get going in the morning and you just feel like life's bad, life's hard. Listen, nine times out of ten, you know what the doctor's going to do? The doctor's going to prescribe an antidepressant for you. I might have heard of more people that have gone in with a heart problem and the doctor's prescribed an antidepressant. Well, where's the sense in that? That's not fixing the problem. It's a heart problem. It's not a physical problem. And the medication is dealing with the physical, not with the heart problem. So... If you and I want to live healthy and whole in this world, we need to deal with the heart problems. And you see, the heart problems are at the back so often even of the physical problems. People are ill because of their hearts, because of their thinking, because of what's going on inside of them. And we need to deal with what's going on uh, in our hearts. You can't medicate your life. You can't medicate your heart. That's not going to work. It's temporary. Uh, it's temporary, it's addictive, and it's really destructive in your life. You've got to deal with your heart. Sooner or later, you've got to deal with your heart. You've got to work it out uh, and come to the place where you actually deal with your heart. Let's have a word of prayer, and we will begin then. Father, would you bless us tonight, Lord, and help us as we look to your word. Lord, we need you. Uh, Lord, we recognize that our hearts are deceitful. Lord, if you said it, it's true. And, or that means my heart's deceitful, and everybody in this room has a deceitful heart, Lord. And apart from you and the means you've put in our hands to protect ourselves from it, it will lead us a merry dance and bring us into destruction. Lord, help us tonight, I pray. And Lord, <clears throat> may we see truth that sets us free and helps us to walk with you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. All right, so Proverbs 20 and verse 5 is where we're going to start. You're going to have to have your Bible out because we're going to look at several different Proverbs tonight. But Proverbs 20 and verse 5. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water. You know what? When you get something going in your head, it's like deep water. You ever notice about deep water? When you look into deep water, the thing is, you don't know how deep it is. You don't know what's at the bottom of it. And you don't even know what kind of a current is running under that deep water. And that's what our hearts are like. There's deep stuff going on in all our hearts. Deep thinking going on. Deep thoughts. Thoughts that are, that are taken from hither and yon, from the past, from hurts we've gained, from things people have done. Us, all kinds of things. And it's deep within us. It's deep water rolling around in our lives. Right? But notice what the rest of the verse says. But a man of understanding will draw it out. Do you know that sometimes in a broken world, you need a counselor? Sometimes in a broken world, you're going to need somebody to help you. Somebody that can look into your heart and, 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 and help you tease things out because sometimes you don't even know what's going on in there. Sometimes it's just churning up and it's, and it's deep and you don't understand it and you need somebody to go in. Now, here's the thing. There's two areas where you can have a counselor. You can have some good friends in your life. Uh, you can have some people that are close to you that they have the, the ability to actually see in your heart and see what's wrong and actually take you and help you with it. And, and that's important. It's important that we, that we have uh, people in our lives that are actually uh, given liberty and have the ability to look in and to actually deal with the stuff that's in our hearts or, or help bring it out, pull it out of us, because sometimes it needs to be pulled out of us. And you need some good people like that in your life. 
And, and you, need to, you need to open yourself up to that and let those people in. We have some problems with that, though, don't we? You know, we, we live in a communications age, and a communications age uh, has communications that are kind of this deep. We have all kinds of news and all kinds of stuff coming through the airwaves to us and through the, through the Internet and all kinds of facts and figures and all kinds of relationships, hundreds of friends uh, on Facebook and all kinds of things going on in our lives. And when it comes to actually having friends that we sit down with and talk to, oftentimes we don't. Oftentimes it's just surface level. Oftentimes in our lives, we're just kind of bouncing through life, bobbing through life, and never actually getting touched by anybody, and never touching anybody uh, in life either. That's not a good place to live. That's not where God wants you to live. That's, that's not where you're supposed to be. You're supposed to have some friends uh, that actually have the ability to, to, to dig into what's inside of you and, uh, and pull the stuff out. You need that. Now, <clears throat> let me say this, and I think it's something that we need to understand. Sometimes it goes... Deeper still. And sometimes it's harder for us to actually let that be seen by somebody in, in a, somebody that we're close to. So I want you to go to a counselor. You get somebody who's trained to start pulling things out of you and helping you to see what's going on inside of you. So somebody who can disentangle uh, the, 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 the mess that comes from living in a sin-cursed world from time to time, actually pull out the different bits that are in you and straighten it out and say to you, now look, here it is. And help you in a biblical way understand what's going on inside you. But there's deep things that go on inside us and they drive our lives and we need to be aware of that. It's not, it's, it's not a case of, you know, just keep on going, you get over it. Certainly not a case, a case of, well, I feel bad, I'll just take something to make me feel better. No, sometimes you've got to do the work of actually dealing with what's going on in your heart, what's going on inside of you. What's actually happening in, in your thinking, in your heart. Because if you don't deal with it, it'll deal with you. That's the reality. If you don't actually deal with your thinking, eventually it deals with you. And some of you will notice some things in your life that keep happening, and you're saying, why does that keep happening in my life? Because that's what's in your heart. Somehow that's what's in your heart. And in order for you to change it, to stop it, you need to get it out of your heart. You need to get it dealt with. You need to get it, <clears throat> get it sorted, right? Okay, so the first is a, is a deceitful heart. Proverbs 12, verse 20. Proverbs 12, verse 20. <clears throat> Deceit is in the heart of them that imagine evil, but to the counselors of peace is joy. Right? Now, look, <clears throat> the term rendered deceitful there describes somebody who misleads another such that he or she acts based on, false, on a false idea. The deception can be deliberate or simply the result of one uh, fool guiding another. People who devise evil rarely think of themselves as dishonest or corrupt. They use deception, starting with self-deception. Right? Do you ever deceive yourself? I'm not asking. I'm going to tell you the answer. Yes, you did. Every time you sinned, you've deceived yourself. Every time you do wrong, here's what you do. You say, I have to. You say, it's the best thing. You tell yourself it's okay for you to do it in this occasion. 
You either override everything you know and you deceive yourself to do wrong. Every time we do wrong, we deceive ourselves to do wrong. I mean, folks, we're not dumb. None of us are dumb. We know how to live. If I ask you to tell me how to live, and here's how you'll know. When somebody comes and asks you, what should I do in a certain... So often you'll be able to give them the right answers. This is what you need to do. You need to do this and this and this. But do you know what? We can actually know and tell somebody to do this and this and this and do the opposite in our own lives. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that incredible? Why? Because we're deceived. In our lives, we've taken it on board that we can actually do it. In fact, it's necessary. It's important for me to do this even though it's wrong. And you've done it, I've done it, and <clears throat> we need to understand that. But see what it says there. Uh, <clears throat> Verse 20 again. Deceit is in the heart of them that imagine evil, but to the counselors of peace is joy. Do you know what you need in your life? You need a counselor of peace. You need somebody who comes into your life and says, that's daft. What are you thinking? You really seriously think that you can actually do the same stupid thing you've done a dozen times before and get a different result? You need, you need a counselor of peace, somebody who comes into your life who has, who's, who's got your back, who actually cares about you, but they're willing to say to you, that is ridiculous. What are you thinking of? Now, listen, normally when it comes to that, you won't have, um, you know, a, a, a paid counselor sitting, sitting, sitting by your side when you're thinking of doing something stupid. That needs to be the friend that you've let in. And you've opened your heart to it, and you're speaking to them about it, and you're letting them in. You say, but I don't want to do that. If I actually talk to people about what's going inside me, they'd say, you're wrong. That's exactly the point. If you don't talk to them about what's going on, if you don't talk to anybody, you continue on in your self-deception. But when you... Pluck up your courage and you say to that friend that's close and that's proven themselves to be safe in your life and you say, look, you know what's going on in my heart? Here's what's going on. Here's what I want to do. I know it's crazy, but here's what I want to do. And they look at you and say, you know what? You're dead right. It's crazy. You shouldn't be even thinking that way. I'm going to pray with you about this, but listen, you know you shouldn't be doing that. I tell you what, you know what? You've just put a barrier up to you doing something stupid. You've just put a barrier up that's going to help you not to fall into wrongdoing. What you've done in being honest is you've exposed the deception of your own heart. And do you know you're only deceived as long as you accept it. Once you expose it, you're not deceived anymore. Could you still do it? Yeah, but it kind of gets real daft to do it then. But you need to actually open up and talk to somebody that you trust and let them know what's going on inside you. Because that self-deception will destroy you. And it's amazing. You, you, you can give yourself all the arguments, can't you? You can talk yourself into things. You've done it, haven't you? You've talked yourself into things, you've done them, and then you've said, why did I do that? 
Well, you know what? It gets very hard to do if you get honest. If you get honest with some people in your life. The Holy Spirit will prompt you. The Word of God will go against you. But if you've got somebody in your life that can actually speak into your life, that's going to help you enormously when it comes to doing that. Right? <clears throat> okay, next one is a, a heavy heart. Look at verse 25, just, just on down a little bit. A heavy heart. <clears throat> Heaviness in the heart of man maketh it to stoop. But a good word maketh it glad. Now, what's heaviness? Heaviness is anxiety. It's that weight that, that brings you down. It's that weight where you feel, oh, I can't do it. It's, it's, it's too much. Does that happen in your life? It does, doesn't it? Because that's real. Living in a sin-cursed world is not all fun. It's not all, it's not all you know, um, a, a rose garden. Living in a sin-cursed world is difficult. It has problems. And those problems sometimes get to you. And what will happen from time to time in your life is they'll gang up on you. And you'll have a whole bunch of problems that seem to come in at once. And life gets very heavy. You can go to the place where you're down. You can go further than that. You can come to the place where you're depressed. Because life just gets heavy. Life just gets hard, and, and your heart begins to stoop. You begin to buckle under the weight of what's going on in your life. Now, look, folks, that's real. Okay, let me give you a couple of things that will help you with it. It's not permanent. Isn't, this, isn't it amazing that most of the problems in your life that have almost buckled you have passed, and you're still here? Isn't that, isn't that amazing? But that's the truth, isn't it? Most of those problems, those problems that you looked down the gun barrel of and you thought, no, this, this is it. This is, this is the one. This is going to completely destroy me and unravel me. And, and it hasn't. Why? Because there's a God. And he's, he's working in your life and he's not interested in crushing you. He's interested in getting you doing right. He's interested in correcting you. He's interested in bringing difficulty into your life to make you better. But he's not interested in crushing you. He's not interested in destroying you. That's not God's plan. God God doesn't want to destroy you. God plans for you to live a life effectively, and he wants you to have better resurrection. He wants you to uh, come to be with him uh, in glory. So is he going to do tough stuff in your life? He definitely is. But he's not going to let it get so tough that you just crumple under it. That's not his plan. He's a good God, and he loves you, and he's proven it to you, so he's not going to let that happen. I'm constantly amazed when I think of the disciples in the boat, and they think, don't you know, Jesus, that we're going to drown, and you're asleep, and and they're they're so upset with him. And, And Jesus gets up and calms the waves and says, why didn't you know faith? Did, did, did you not think that I could handle this? But you, but you were asleep. You weren't doing anything. How often have you felt like that? But, but you weren't there when I needed you. Is he ever not there? No, he's always there. I will never leave you nor forsake you. What is it, the anxiety, that, that weight that, that's, that's pulling you down right now that you need to say, hang on a minute. Hang on just a minute. Uh, My God is able, and he will take care of me, and he will bring me through this. 
And you know, when you go at it from that attitude, it changes the situation. It no longer becomes an overpowering problem. It changes. Now my God is involved in it. And you can actually lift before the lift comes. You can lift out of the situation when you bring God into your situation before the situation changes. You can come to the place where you have that peace. Baba says that, that peace that passeth all understanding. Nobody can understand why, but you can have it. Why? Because God. Because God's in the situation. And because God's in my situation, I'm not going down. You and I look back and we think, oh, those poor guys in the boat. Did they really think that Jesus planned from before the foundations of the earth, uh, that he, he came to earth, uh, virgin birth, that he was born, that he lived 30 odd years of his life, and he went out in the sea and it was a bad day and a storm came and he drowned? No, that wasn't going to happen. And you know what? God loves you. You're his child. He's committed to you. He's not going to let you get destroyed. And you need to rise up in faith and trust him with that. Because he's in charge of all of it. Even the waves. He's in charge of all the difficulties in your life. It's not going to destroy you. But look at the second part of this verse as well. <clears throat> and then what we'll do, we'll close and we'll come back to our, our, our topic next week. Verse 25 again. Um, <clears throat> Heaviness in the heart of man maketh it to stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. Somebody who comes alongside you and gives you a good word. Somebody who comes alongside you and maybe directs you to trust in the Lord. Somebody who comes alongside you and can actually empathize with you uh, without going down with you. That person can actually make your heart glad. Now, you know, you need people in your life that can do that. But you know the other thing? You need to be people in somebody's life that can do that for them. You need to be people with a good word. Not, not, not just a silly word, not just a something that doesn't matter, not just fluff and nonsense. But somebody who actually comes into somebody else's life and you come in with a good word. You come in with an encouraging word. You bring to mind something they've forgotten for the moment because you forget when things get heavy, don't you? you? You forget when things get low, when the anxiety rages. You forget a lot of things. Somebody who's close enough to come into you and say to you, listen, <clears throat> you know what? God's still on the throne and this is going to work out. And he's got a plan for your life. And he's demonstrated his plan for your life so many times. You know what? This is not as bad as it looks. I know it feels rotten. I know it feels awful. I know it feels like the end maybe, but it's not. Because God loves you and he's got a plan. He's, he's working uh, in your life. He, he plans on doing some things in your life. So don't give up. Don't quit. And don't go down with this thing. And you know, they walk away and your heart's lifted a little bit. Because... Anxiety and depression lead us down into, into a hole. And it, the deeper you go into the hole, the darker it gets and the more impossible it seems to actually come out of it. But when somebody comes with a good word, they're able to help put it in perspective. The hole's not so deep. It's not so dark. There's a way out of it. There's a way forward. You need to be that person in somebody's life. You need to be that person that's, that's, that's aware enough 
of those people around you because you know what? People are hurting just the same way as you're hurting. And you know what happens, a knock-on effect of this too, that when you get your eyes off your own situation and onto what's happening in other people's lives, it's amazing how you can lift. You know, the big picture becomes apparent. One of the reasons God lets you and I go troubles is this. It lets us go through troubles. He lets us go through troubles so that we can help others who are in need. And you might be going something and you think, this is pointless. I mean, it's just wearing me down. It's heavy. It's anxiety. It's just sucking the life out of me. And God says, I'm letting you go through this so you can help somebody else. You know what? When you come through it, use the gift. Because it's a gift. Use the gift. Help somebody else. Lift them out of it. We'll come back. We've got four more to go, to, to go through next week, right? But, but, but here's the thing you and I have got to get from this. Right? First of all, we are going to have problems with our hearts. Our thinking is going to give us trouble. That's, listen, nobody gets it all right. Nobody comes to the place you know, where they're just sailing all the time. We're going to have trouble with our hearts, all of us. Right? No medicated. That's not going to help you in the least. That's just going to make your problems worse. Right? You take pills to make your heart better, and you know what? They're going to create problems for you. Like, don't do that. What you need to do is you need to look at the things that God has given you. He's given you the Spirit of God. Are you walking with God? Are you in the right place with God? That wasn't as best. You, you, you know how. You might say, yeah, I am. Doesn't feel very good, but as best I know how. Listen, that's enough. God's not expecting you to uh, jump through hoops and do miracles. You know, you're open, you're surrendered, you're ready to walk with God. But then the Word of God. Are, are you letting the Word of God speak to you? Or are you kind of fighting with it? Is there something it said to you recently? You said, well, no, no. I told you about the person, and, and uh, he admitted to me, he said, you know, uh, when I was away from God, I put the Bible in the drawer. Because uh, every time I looked at it, it made me feel bad. So I hid it from my eyes. And you know what? We're capable of doing that. We're capable of having parts of scriptures, you know, oh, I should be reading that in my devotions. I think I'll just skip that. Why are you skipping that? Because there's something in it that you know it's speaking to you in your life and you don't want to speak it. Listen, don't do that. Let the word of God speak to your heart. And ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Freedom comes from letting the word of God have its way in, in your life. And then <clears throat> you've got to have some people in your life that are allowed to speak into your heart. You've got to have some people in your life that you let in, that you actually let see what's going on inside of you so that they can speak into the situation and they can help you. You see, we're going to have heart trouble. That's a reality of living in this world. But God has not left us without help for it. He's actually given us help. He's given us means to work with this and to help us to be right and to get our hearts straightened out and to keep them straight. And it's not optional. Not optional. Your, your heart needs to be right. You need to keep your heart. So you're going to have to do some work. And the reality is we're probably going to have to do some work for the rest of our lives with our hearts. Coming a day when we'll see Jesus and there's no more work to be done. It's all fixed. It's all clear. It's all clean. It's all right. But that's not today. 
And as long as you have breath, you're probably going to have to do some work on your heart. You're probably going to have to work on keeping your thinking straight. That's okay. God's made provision for it. You can do it, and you can live well. You see, living well is not getting an easy ride and everything going your way. Living well is learning the art of living with the problems and difficulties of life and actually overcoming by the power of God. That's living well. If you're struggling tonight, listen, that doesn't mean you're less. That doesn't mean you can't do it. That doesn't mean you're hopeless. All that means is you're human. And living well is letting God help you to get victory in those areas and to live better. And that's the victory that's yours because you're a child of God. Let's stand for prayer.